When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery, the podcast where we watch the movies that you have told us to watch. I am your host, John, with me as always, my co-host, Jeff. Greetings, it's me. It is indeed, yeah. and we are here. And Live and in the flesh. We watched. What a rare treat for all of you. God, I don't know who or why anyone wanted us to watch Starleaf. How do you even hear about a movie like this, I wonder? I have to imagine this is one of those movies that comes up whenever anyone's like, hey, have you heard about weed movies? Yeah, that's probably it. Like, like I know you guys, a lot of people got a bigger kick out of it than I did, but the Iron Sky movie, yeah. where they land like they land in a weed field at one point, and I was like, ugh. I, I was barely on board until this point. Now I'm, ugh, weed jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, there's very few things I find less funny than than the general memery around weed, like the stuff that's associated with it for the most part. I mean, there's a thing. Stoner comedy at least sort of makes sense as a genre. Sure. Because you're sure. like, yeah. yeah, you're high and you think you're funny and you do stupid things. Yeah. Okay, sure. And that can lead to some dogs. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Stoner horror, however, I'm like, man... Drug horror is one thing, but being on weed is not enough to make it to the point where, like, in this movie and other things where they're like, oh, weed and then horror, you're like, weed doesn't do that. Why are you, why are you making weed into, like, a, you'll see things and fucking crazy shit happens? At least in this movie, to its, amazingly, to its credit at all, um, it, they have a part, point where one of them says, like, whoa, you're getting visual shit off this? That's wild. Like, which, yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> because it's supposed to be super special weed or something. Yeah. The, <laughs> so. Spoiler free review? Yeah. The spoiler free review is Starleaf is a horror movie. And I, I have horror in deep quotes yeah, here. I, yeah, it's more like, I, I would have even called it a horror. Like, I, I think I, I knew it was supposed to be because that's what it said on, like, the IMDb pages and so on for it. But outside, I just read it, it was just like a, what if a movie was trippy and a little bit of a psychological thriller, but also made for, like, a dollar? I mean, the problem is, as soon as it starts, you're like, oh, this was made with the Horror Equity Fund, so they just got some random funding, but also... Like the Ohana Farms uh, Weed Company. Oh. So you're like, oh, this whole movie is a commercial for weed. Yeah. That's all this movie is. Yeah. And in fact, the Which company who sponsored this is like, oh, we made the strain that is Starleaf. So it is literally just a commercial for a particular strain of weed. Which is real weird given the plot of the thing. I mean,. The ending of it makes you go like, ah, yes, that's what the plot of this is. I mean, the ending of it, not to, I mean, we're on the spoiler-free review I know. side, so I really do need to wait for you to play some shitty weed music, I assume. <laughs> I mean, I need we to gonna say We're going to get some this. Afro Man? Given that, every time we do one of these, I go look up some information, try and find anything out about these movies, especially the ones that aren't well-known. Mm -hmm. And 
I have to say, this has one of my favorite IMDb trivia pages ever. Oh, okay. Because there are two things on it. Ah. One is that one of the character walks into the mountain house of weed carrying a box with the Onnit logo. Onnit is a company that makes supplements. They advertise on Joe Rohan's podcast. <laughs> Joe Rogan loves weed. And believes in aliens. Where was Joe Rohan when Gondor <laughs> called for aid? Where was Joe Rohan when the Westfold fell? <laughs> Getting high in a pool in a hot tub, <laughs> boiling like a lobster in the same color. Uh, Gondor calls for weed, and Joe Rohan <laughs> will answer. <laughs> Number two on the trivia page is Bob Marley had a prophecy about this movie. That one I saw. And I was just like, and it why? just ends there. And that's it. That's the whole information. What God. was the prophecy? How, what, how was specifically vague? Was the Did, prophecy had to be, it had to probably include the name, right? Cause otherwise it'd be like, I have a, I, I, I have one a day someone will make a shitty weed movie. Someone will make a shitty weed horror movie set in the fucking nice free to walk around in park of Seattle, near Seattle. And, uh, oh. <laughs> I'm sure there's more than one, Bob. God. But yeah, no, the, this, this movie is, is bad. And there's no information on it outside of this is essentially a commercial for weed. Spoiler free review or, or description is that three friends go into the mountains, uh, to go on a mission into the deep woods to find special weed that's guarded by aliens. That's the actual IMDb like introductory thing. So even me pointing out that this movie theoretically has aliens or whatever is not a part of the spoilers. No, I mean, it's called Starleaf because they're like, ooh, alien weed. Like, yeah. that's the whole horror premise. It's called Starleaf because it's actually about those dinosaurs from the land before time. And they have to find the Great Valley. <laughs> yeah, it turns out they go looking for marijuana and they find some fucking blazed out of their mind dinosaurs. Yeah, don't you come at me about how they were called tree stars in that movie. That's a mistranslation. <laughs> The the original language it was made in, it was called Starleaf. Starleaf, exactly. So, so yeah, but they go into the, and then a bunch of trippy dumb shit happens. And by trippy, I really just kind of mean not trippy. So, no, it's, God, it's bad in so many ways, and I'm very sad, and I wish that the Horror Equity Fund didn't give money to these people. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't give them very much. <laughs> Uh, all right. Yeah, the spoiler-free review is fuck this movie. It's dumb and bad. Yeah. Uh, don't see it. Anyway, we're going to play some music, and then we will get into the nitty-gritty of exactly how and why it is as bad as it really is as we review 2015's Starleaf. back it is time to apologize to the people as well because you know right before we, we uh, went out you were like it's bad don't see it and you realize that no one was at risk of seeing this we are creating the risk we are the problem <laughs> no one was good no one was gonna accidentally see starly someone sees a bad movie and you think that of me <laughs> no i am the one who sees a bad movie <laughs> Uh, more people will watch it as a result of us describing it than they would uh, as a result of us seeing it and going, nope, pass. Hard pass. 
Also, I do want to talk about the text I sent you. <laughs> yes. As as is often the case. I have to watch the movies first because I, I usually have Sage in, uh, or, or am working in the mornings. Yes. So I don't have time to watch them before the episode. So I usually watch them one day earlier. Indeed. And usually when it is a particularly bad movie, I will get a text from Jeff complaining about it. Yes. Usually it's like a dire warning text more than a real complaint. A lot of times it's just like, hey, heads up. Hey, heads up. This one's bad. Or, oh, my God, I can't I can't breathe or something like that. Or please help me. They have my family. <laughs> you, know, that, you know, just regular shit that everyone says to everyone else. Please, please let me go and don't make me review this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this time I sent him a message that, that read, oh, my God, I, I'm suffering from a, a deluge of secondhand embarrassment. I feel like you when you realize you might have to pay for parking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah when i get a real bad case of the dignities and i'm like ah, i shouldn't have to do this <laughs> there's probably free parking somewhere i'll just drive around longer and you know he sent that and i was like huh okay and then i began watching the movie and i was like oh no i get it yeah <laughs> you, you feel I understand yeah because you hit the movie you're watching the movie you're like god i can't believe they made these people say this shit like does the guy behind the camera also have a gun like is that how they're doing this <laughs> Keep talking. Oh, there's the God, the people in this, at least I will say, because we have our, our main sort of three friends. So you have uh, James, who is basically the main character. And then you have Tim and Martha, his friends that are on this trip. Yes. And I'll say, honestly, Tim, the friend, not terrible in as far as his acting goes he's an okay actor but they do make him say some incredibly stupid things oh he has awful lines and yeah. just in, in a terrible movie but yeah. i was like i do feel bad for you because i feel like if you had anything else to do you could be doing much better yeah yeah i mean part of this I, this is a movie where i was wondering about the existence of it at all um recently a, a couple months ago like the the red letter media youtube channel did a focus on a guy who's only in like, he's like the star of a bunch of movies that you'd never, ever hear of. Yeah. And it was just, but they're well-made movies. They're not like, you know, baby ghost. They're not at that level of uh -huh. absolute dirt. Like they have good cinematography and like real writers and everything. It's just that they exist on this strata that no one ever talks about or sees. Great. And this movie reminded me of that because at least it has like music, like, and camera work and there's stuff going on. Um, but you'd never see this. You've never heard of any of these people. Yeah. So it, it's just, it's interesting to me that it exists at that range where it doesn't become a famous bad movie. No. It's not like a Troll 2 or something. I mean, the problem is, I feel like there's enough that this movie is trying to say as far as, boy, does this have some things to say about, like, weed and drugs and all of that nonsense Blah, bullshit that you end up being like god i can't enjoy this for being a bad movie because it feels like every 10 minutes it's like hey did you know that weed is great but some people and you're like god damn it stop this yeah so the the reason that it's hard to enjoy james the uh ostensible main character of the film who uh much like his his friend tim uh is an or an he's an active duty marine um, and I believe that James is a retired or a, a uh, uh, I think both of them have just gotten out. Tim got out earlier. Yeah. 
But uh, and James has just finished his last tour, I believe. I uh, maybe, but I think he may be planning to go back in because he mentions at one point that they are still drug testing him. Like the military is still drug testing yes. him at random, which they Tim is doing. not. Yeah, Tim's out. Tim's out. But yeah. I, I think James is still planning to muster back in. I guess. Um. So so at any rate, uh, so James and Tim. The movie opens on a uh a, a, a brief like snippet of of their life in in the military where they were both snipers. Yeah, they were snipers in Afghanistan in the Kush Mountains in the Hindu Kush. Which the uh. moment I saw that, I thought it was just a, you know obviously a big old joke that wouldn't it be funny that there's a place called the Kush and I was like no because the weed weed's named after it. Yeah. Um. But it's not a joke. It's deadly serious, as it turns out. That is, again, one of the issues with this, where the the movie's like, ah, we're a stoner thing. And you're like, oh, you're going to make fun stoner jokes. And they're like, oh, no, we'll allude to stoner things, but we're going to take it very seriously. And you're like, okay, well, I guess you are trying to be a horror. Are you doing that? Oh, no, we're also not doing that, though. Because any of the horror bits were also not taking seriously enough. Yeah. So nothing lands. Yeah, it's very weird. And the music, while it's present, is not functional. It's the wrong kind of music at every turn. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like, oh, you had enough funding because you got, mm-hmm. like, commercial money to do this. But then you spent it on stuff, and you can tell because, like, the camera and everything, like, it looks like high-quality video and everything, but just, God, the plot and the ideas behind things, not the best. And the music anyway. kind of, like, like it just, a, I feel like the pitch for the music, which I'm sure they just pulled off, like, Free Music Archive or something, was, like, the pitch when they were writing it was like, what would happen if you had put a gun to Mannheim Steamroller's head and told him to write circus music? <laughs> well, you would hear a uh, a gunshot go off because because <laughs> they have integrity <laughs> they, they would refuse <laughs> um so the reason it's hard to like james to get back around to my original point is that he opens the movie as such a dismal piece of shit uh oh yeah who, i mean not just a stick in the mud but like a homophobic stick in the mud yeah because when we get the the opening afghanistan stuff yeah you're like oh this guy has ptsd he had to what we assume they never confirm but we assume he shot a little kid and not even like a oh he missed his shot it was some terrorists which are definitely just (laughs) some white guys in brown face uh grabbing a kid to be like we're gonna put a bomb vest on you and We'll use you for terror. Yeah, and he was supposed to shoot the guy holding the kid, and he didn't have a clear shot, but he took the shot anyway. Yes. Was uh, the, the the story that we hear. We never actually hear what happens. They keep diverting to a mystical six-pointed star glyph on a cliffside near the, the, the action. Yep. Um. So the other thing I keep wondering is, was it Tim who was ordering him to take the shot? That is what we are led to believe. It didn't look like him. No, it... I honestly, before it had gotten to the point where, like, James and Tim have a conversation where James basically says that Tim is the one who was telling him to take the shot. Or that Tim was the one who took the shot. It was very confusing. But it, I thought that it was, there is a character of a ranger that shows up in this, and I was like, you look way more like the dude who was his commanding officer there, who was, like, also a sniper telling him to take the shot, Yeah. than... Tim does at all. Yeah. Well, Tim's like uh, some flavor of a POC. Yeah. So it, it should be fairly recognizable whether or not you see him earlier in the film. And yet, 
No, you're like, oh, I don't remember you at all. And yet, for some reason, it keeps telling me that, yes, you're the one. Yeah, so I'm not sure what's going on there. But yeah, they, there's two terrorists, obvious terrorists, because they, you know, they're both just dressed like a couple of bin Ladens, come up to a, 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 a woman in a full, like, very much more full burqa type or he, uh, niqab, the whole deal outfit than you'd normally see. Um, and they just try on a little vest on a kid and say it'll fit the kid. And then they just shoot the mom Yep. and pick up the screaming, crying kid and start carting him off because they're going to use him as a suicide bomb. Yeah. And then these two guys who have been watching this whole thing and keep saying, hold on a second. Yeah, wait. Let's just wait for a second longer. Wait for it. Just shoot the two guys the moment they show up with Kalashnikovs. What are you doing? Yeah. What? Are you, why aren't you just killing them? I mean, the the question is, I was like, I mean, obviously, you're set up in this weird little sniper perch in the hills for a reason. And when these two show up, I'm like, well, that's got to be the reason. Why are you not shooting them immediately? And then they just watch them shoot the mom. And you're like, why are you still doing nothing? Yeah. So at, at a certain point, Tim looks through his sniper scope and he sees basically a Star of David surrounded by some glyphs. In, uh, kind of engraved or just drawn on a nearby cliff face. And he's like, what the hell is that thing? Hey, look at that thing. Huh, that's a weird thing. And then we resume with the storyline. This is really important for later. Ish. I mean, nothing in this movie is important. But no. But yeah, he gets told, you know, take the shot. And then we cut. Oh, and he keeps getting told, the, the pink mist we have to keep hearing about. Yeah. You wanted, you, you said you craved that pink mist. Take the shot. You want that Sierra mist. Too bad. It's starry now. You want that pink sauce. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. We cut to him in a car, however many months or whatever later. X time units. And it's him and Tim and Martha, Tim's girlfriend, who we will be repeatedly assured looks like uh Kristen Stewart like Kristen Stewart yeah. specifically in Twilight. Yes. And she does bear a passing resemblance. Mm -hmm, sure. Great. But yeah. that is going to be a thing that gets brought up too much. It's basically one of her character bits uh to the and, and you know to the movie's credit again there is a point towards the end where she tries it on some per some person and, and she's like don't you think I look like that Kristen Stewart from that movie and he just goes not really. No, I don't see it. Yeah, so so, uh, so yeah, it, it's just one of her character bits that she's obsessed with Twilight because she's been told in the past that she looks like Kristen Stewart in Twilight. And so they are on their way to La Push, one of the one of the couple of uh, decent surfing beaches in Seattle is my or no, in Washington State is my understanding. Um, from that's the point of view of a Southern Californian. So yeah, you may be about to tell me that there's actually a lot of surfing beaches up there that are perfectly quality. And I'm going to say not enough to count. And uh, I'll say, uh, nope. Unless you're Hawaii, I don't care what your opinion is. <laughs> um, so, but on the way, they are, uh, uh, he's, she's been promised by Tim that they will stop in Forks in, in Washington State, where the Twilight movies are set and filmed. Uh, and because she's hoping that someone will think that she is Kristen Stewart yes. and ask for an autograph. Yes. And she wants to take the tour that they do there. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but uh, Tim is lying because he has no intention of taking her to Forks or driving directly to the La Push Beach like he said he would. Instead, we're going up into the wilderness where he's going to buy a map to special weed from a man. And this starts up a question that will be answered in about 40 minutes when a when a park ranger shows up. Why are they doing all this bullshit in a state where weed is legal, even in 2015? Yeah, it's <laughs> it is a wild thing where he's like, 
oh, we gotta, we gotta go up into these mountains, up into the wilderness here. We gotta go find a guy. The guy's gonna give us a map. The map will take us to weed. And the, the stipulations are, you can only smoke the weed there. Mm-hmm. You can take nothing with you, and you can't use you can't take any pictures or use any GPS or anything like that. They want to keep it as like hidden as possible. So the entire thing is you go camp out in the woods, smoke free range weed, and then leave. Yeah, which seems like the dumbest thing. Yeah, well, again, and I, I can't stress this enough. Even the movie has to deal with the fact that this is the case. They set this in Washington State. Weed was legal. There was absolutely no reason to trade expensive supplements for a map to weed. You could just buy some weed yeah. and smoke it where you liked. You didn't have to just sit in one place and smoke the weed that is there. Yeah. It's, it is weird. It is definitely one of those setup things where you're like, oh, yeah, if this was like, a 90s movie or whatever or even like early 2000s just fucking set it in indiana or something one of those red states where it's going to be illegal for as long as they keep uh gerrymandering their their uh, districts <laughs> well even then it feels like it's the same thing in any horror movie where you have to find a reason why they can't have cell phones yeah because you're like oh we want to set it modern day but horror doesn't work as well when you're like oh i'm just gonna immediately call people yeah i'm gonna call the police yeah so it's that weird thing where you're like oh you You've set up a classic idea for a movie, but it doesn't work in modern day. But you not only don't address it, but even bring up why it doesn't work. There's so many ways they could have fixed that. They could have set this in the 80s. You know, 80s cars aren't super expensive, and there's only like three cars in the whole movie. So they could have just set it in the 80s when weed wasn't legal and when driving out to the wilderness to find weed was still a reasonably wise idea. Yeah. Um, They could have, again, set it in any other place in the world where weed wasn't legal yet. They could have set it in California. It wasn't legal here yet. Yeah, but I have to assume they were like, oh, we set it in the place where we are because we're not traveling anywhere. Yeah, but you could easily pass off the hills of Seattle for the hills of, of Northern California just fine. <laughs> I should say Washington State, but still, like, I I just I just hate this. And also, as they're driving up, uh, we establish that Tim is actually kind of a cool dude. Like, he's being described as largely very impulsive and always the first person to try things. Um. He is he's just excited and happy to be there. He seems to have run into some kind of mental issues that he is addressing via a lot of weed and also dipping into some Eastern style spirituality. Yeah, I mean, it's basically the whole movie is essentially about dealing with your own PTSD. Yes, because that's the entire storyline for James. And he's the one we follow. But it's also shown that basically Tim got out and is dealing with his PTSD by trying to find some manner of spirituality and doing sort of like, you know, weed and hippie nonsense. And he's just kind of like trying to have a more mellow version of like, I'm trying to calm down from, you know, my experience. Whereas James is is basically every Marine I've ever met. Yeah. He is still just a Marine. (laughs) Uh, He has, he has not begun to loosen up in the slightest. Uh, he, he see like I said, I think he's probably still active duty. Um, but, but he also just talks like a Marine at all times. So, you know, you'll, you'll ask him a basic regular civilian question and he'll be like, we got to make it to KP duty before 0400, K, uh, uh, Sarge. You're like, what, what, why you do it? You, you, do you, that. I'm your buddy from school. You don't, you don't have to. Well, also, you know, the use of 
slurs for gay people. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, you are exactly a dude who has just gotten out of military. Yeah, or not quite yet. But yeah, like um, because basically Martha, who we are establishing early on, is basically just a, uh, a flighty, unfaithful, vapid, Instagram addicted. Oh, yeah. It's just, huh, ladies, am I right? Yeah. Because she's like reacting to James's newfound Eastern spirituality by just saying the beads are hot and she wants to use them as beads. Like, you know, like his beads, you know, beads, beads, like, you know, where you can put beads. Yeah. Like, so, so, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff you're pretty much getting from the three characters. Uh, so first we get to the, the place in the mountains where we're going to meet a guy named Seth guardrail murder or something like that. Seth guardrail slaughter slaughter. I got the guardrail, right? I feel good about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm honestly impressed. You managed to get that. Yeah. Cause his name is silly. Yeah. But he's a biker, and that's why he's got the name Seth Guardrail Slaughter. Uh-huh. And he lives at just one of those weird shacks in the w- in the wilderness you have for horror movies. But um, he is just, you know, dollar store chong. Uh-huh. So, But also there's, like, another dude just hanging out in a run-out, burned-out VW van in his front yard. Well, yeah, there's several people. There's We've people got around. a couple people in a van out front. We've got some stoners hanging out in the house. Mm-hmm. But they go meet with him, and... He's that standard, like, hey, man, th- thanks for coming by. There's, we're going to have a real experience, man. And you're like, all right, great. Your weed stuff, that's fine. Yeah. And then they have to trade, in exchange for the map, because he doesn't want cash, they have to trade him a box of supplements, like like expensive pharmaceutical supplements, of which one was forgotten, which was weird because it didn't matter. There's a bit where they forgot to well, put in the medicinal gummies. It's not even supplements. It's basically like... Hey, man, I like several of the packages in there were just coffee. It just seems like instead of going grocery shop shopping, he just has people bring shit for him. That could be. He kept describing them as expensive supplements. But yeah, I think it's just a bunch of random stuff. But they forgot the medicinal gummies, which his like wife or girlfriend or whoever. Yeah, who was my, his... my queen. She loves gummies. Yeah. All right. She has a bunch of white teardrop tattoos on her and is deadly silent. Yep. Um. And so, but, but eventually they're just like, what? Go, oh, come on, man. You didn't do this right. You forgot the gummies, man. What am I supposed to, my queen loves her medicinal gummies. And he's like, oh, what are we going to, and he goes, yeah, don't worry about it. It's fine. Here's the map. Yeah. It's like, you can set that up. Is that a thing for later? No. Nah. Movie wasn't quite, movie's almost 70 minutes long. <laughs> it's almost. So they were just trying to get a little extra in there because it was still, you know, shorter than an episode of Sherlock. But we, <laughs> it's. It's weird because they establish, as they're going up, James is on actual, like, prescribed medication Uh for his PTSD. Yes. And he, as we had mentioned, when Tim says, like, oh, we're going to go get the world's greatest ridiculous weed, he's like, you know I'm not going to be able to have any of that. They do constant drug screenings, like... You can have fun with that, but essentially you are kidnapping me from a fun surf weekend to so you can go get high, and I will sit there and do nothing. Yeah. And I thought, what an interesting way to at least do a stoner horror thing, to have one guy be sober while everyone else is dealing with this shit. Yeah, more horror movies should have a designated driver. <laughs> yeah, just be like, oh, there's some weird shit that's happening and these people can't handle it because they're all fucked up. But one person is like, Jesus Christ, will you get it together? And just being real annoyed at their high friends. Plus that's the perfect person to like deep blue sea out of the movie, you know, like, like, cause you, they're going to be the one who's like, Oh my God, you guys, you need to sober up and be straight, get things right here. 
this is the reason why I don't participate in drugs the way you do. And right like halfway through that sentence, I get eaten by a shark or something. It's it's the perfect moment for everyone else to go, oh, God, this just got ramped up to the 11th degree. Yeah. Unfortunately, no one no one really dies in this. And it's also, bad. he smokes weed the first time anyone offers him any. Yeah, it sucks because they I mean, they get up and they start smoking weed in fucking guardrails place. And he's like, no, I can't. I don't smoke weed because of drug tests. And you're like, oh, okay, he's going to stick to that. But then the second they get out, Tim has a one line where he's like, hey, don't worry. This doesn't show up in your bloodstream. And he just goes, okay, that sounds reasonable. <laughs> that, I'm sure that's right. That's definitely correct. That's what, Did you know that about this particular weed? Or were you unaware that weed is like the most commonly found thing in urine? <laughs> yeah, the fact that he's just like, oh, this this won't show up in drug tests. And fully sober, James is like, Yes, you're a doctor and you know that. I'll have this weed. I mean, by fully sober, he is probably at least a little drunk. He does routinely pull from a flask throughout the course of the of, of yeah. the movie. But it's still just very funny to me that Tim tries the least amount to just be like, hey, this doesn't show up on drug tests. And he's like, clearly, yes, obviously, I believe you. Yeah. Tim, my friend, the doctor, who knows this? I mean, we didn't expect, no one ever said that James was smart. He's, he's a Marine, sure, that's great. He must have passed some training and so on to become specifically a sniper, no less. I mean, he is a sergeant. He's a sergeant and a sniper. But, I mean, ultimately, he is also a guy who is so afraid of gay people or, or uh, queer sexuality. There's a point where Tim jokes that he might try on his girlfriend's shirt. And in response, he is called the F-slur. And he was like, hey, don't try and get him to try on your shirt. You guys are a couple of those. Yep. God bless, movie. You yeah. did it. You made me not like anyone here. Yeah. Tim is the closest to someone that I will enjoy in this movie because he's yeah. essentially just someone who's like, look, I just want to be high. And I'm like, all right, I still don't like you because you promised two different people two different things, lied to them, and then went out into the fucking mountains. You're an asshole. You're a bad friend. Well, he's an addict. I mean, he's basically, he's definitely at the point where he, this is his PTSD medication is finding yes. weed and it hasn't been working for him recently. So he's decided to escalate to better and more powerful weird, weird weed, which let's be clear. That is the premise here. They buy a map from guardrail to a magic forest where there's super special weed that's guarded by, by something from beyond the stars. Yeah. As, as I mentioned, the whole rules behind this are, no GPS, no pictures, you can't take anything with you. Yeah. And uh, then while while they're all sitting around, while uh, everyone but James is getting high in Guardrail's house, he notices once again that Guardrail has that same weird Star of David looking thing on his wall. Yeah. And I think it even has like little Hebrew letters on it. Yeah, it does. Just like, all right, that's weird. I don't know why this is a thing. And... You are thinking, of course, while watching it, you're like, oh, he saw that, you know, in Afghanistan. He sees it here. He even sees it, like, rotate while he's in the house. And you're like, oh, this is going to be a thing. Spoiler, it is not. It's nothing. It is never explained or does anything. I mean, it does something, but it is never explained. Um, no, it doesn't do anything. I well, when we get to the end, you can tell me why I'm wrong. Because there's, but, but we'll, we'll get to it. Um, but basically, he tries to ask. He's like, hey, guardrail, what is that? Uh, and Garwell's like, oh, you must have been somewhere. Oh, uh, like, you've seen that before? I saw that Ugh. in the Kush. <laughs> Kush. No, in the Hindu Kush. I was in the mountains. Which is weird because, again, we seem to have established throughout the course of the movie that Tim was also fucking there. But instead, he just goes, ah, Kush. You're like, 
that's that, isn't that your pain point, dude? What are you doing? Isn't that isn't that the problem that both of you have had? So so he just goes, no, I, yeah, I've definitely seen it before. Can you please tell me what it's doing on your wall? And Garbrill just goes, well, the real question is, what's it doing in your head? And then they just drop it, which I'm like, no, man, no, that's not the question. It's in I, my I head because really... I've seen it before. Yeah. What is it? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Dick. And his response is to say nothing and then later corner James randomly in his house while the other two, I guess, are too stoned to get to get up and get going yet and sing the full Marines fight song at him while stomping. Yeah, he as, just finds him in a spot and just kind of no, goes. as they're leaving. Yeah. Because they have to go down from, they're up in like his little, you have to go up a ladder to get that hideaway. Yeah. And the other two leave, and as James is going down, fucking guardrail just starts singing the Marine song yeah, at him. Pops up out of nowhere and starts stomping a hall the halls of Montezuma. And James is just like, I'm finding this very offensive. What, what? what are you, what? what? What's going Why on? Why are you doing this? He does this? the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Salutes him, and then James is just like, what? And I, leaves. I, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. Like, I, I assume it's supposed to make you unsettled. I guess. I mean, because get, get used to this. This movie's got like six characters in it, so you can fully expect that all of them show up repeatedly. Yeah. So we're not done. No. Guardrail is not the harbinger. <laughs> no, he will be back. Yeah. Anyway, now they drive off into the woods. The map, which we get to see once or twice, looks nothing like a map. Yeah, it's just essentially that's like half of that same circle Star of David thing. Yeah. It's just they will do their best to point at and go, Ah, this stream must be here. And I'm like, sure, man, yeah. whatever. See, this ring of trees is in the same area as this on this map. And they point at some fucking ancient star map or something. You're like, uh, okay. Sure, why not? But they drive way out into the mountains. Uh, James, at this point, Tim finally lays out the plan. He's like, look, this is what, come on, we're going to go find the, the weed. Also, get all the camping shit out of the back. And they're both like, camping shit? We were going to go to the fucking beach and go surfing. Yeah, the whole plan was we camp on the beach. Yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, uh, whatever. And, and we'll just take it. What if it's far enough out and we need to camp? And James immediately just calls him on this shit. And he's like, no, dude, your plan was to come out here and camp next to weed. Just fucking say that's what your deal is. Yeah, when he kind of goes, fine, whatever. Martha's like, no, you promised me the fucking uh, Twilight Tour in Forks. We're supposed to be there right now. Now I'm mad about this. Yeah. Uh, and he's like. Baby, you're being too serious. Relax. You know, just kind of pushing it all off. He wants to get to this fucking weed. That's the only reason. You think he's just done this on his own? Yeah. <sighs> they do travel through the forest. They get to a weed zone, set up tents. They find some trees that look like alien fingers and some more trees that have bowls on them, which B-O-L-E-S, like the lumps on a tree that they get sometimes. Yeah, they've got the bulges. Yeah, and he's like, these tree bulges are weird. I've never seen anything like that before. <laughs> Also, there's like glyphs on some of the stuff that's part of the navigation system to get there. Just making sure we say everything because we might as well. This episode's going to be longer than the movie no matter what we do. <laughs> uh, they set up camp. They begin to smoke weed. Again, as we mentioned, James puts up the very lightest resistance before immediately caving to any amount of convincing 
and gets high. Speaking of very light resistance, when they first find the weed, Tim immediately flips out to the point where the other two tell him to fucking relax. He's just like, look at this fucking... He's like rubbing his face on it. This is the blessed, most blessed of all green sweet leaf. In the At this point, we're starting to get embarrassed for the characters. And, and then they're both like, Tim, what the fuck, man? You Relax. And he goes, I will, right after I smoke this valley, and then stomps off. And we get more lightest resistance because literally all Martha needs to switch to hitting on, on uh, her boyfriend's best friend is for her boyfriend to wander off. Oh, yeah. I mean, she even before this, has constantly been making innuendos and eyes at him. Yeah, but the moment that Tim leaves the frame, she's like, hey, so uh, come on over here. And he's like, uh, he's my best friend. I, I'm. That's uh, not going to happen. She's like, oh, I was just messing with you. I was just trying to pay you a compliment. Thank you for your service. And then she, she uh, stomps off as well. Just so you know, that's another part of this. Yeah. God damn it. It's just... Now we get to the most embarrassing part of the movie, the part where they all have to act high. Yeah, always a fun point where you're like, all right, actors, you know what weed is like, right? Do that. And they're like, oh, yes, it paralyzes you and makes you have uh, visions of dancing Asian women. Uh-huh. That's what weed does. Yes. <laughs> That's how weed works. I assume he just fell asleep and that was his sleep paralysis demon. Ah, Man, that would be great if just like, oh, some Asian lady in like, fake fairy wing shows up that's my sleep paralysis demon <laughs> hey it gets scary enough after a while um but yeah they're all sitting around a paltry nothing of a fire because i assume they're actually out in the real woods and they're afraid of getting in trouble um where uh they, they've rolled a big loose looking joint out of out of fresh leaf from this this uh this valley they've we've found also we've already established that they've started breaking those rules because the moment that Martha is off on her own after having been rejected by by uh, James, she pulls out her iPhone, turns it back on, and starts taking a bunch of duck face selfies. Yes. In the weed. So now we've got the phone turned on, which we've established earlier on that the reason they're so adamant about not taking your phones with you is that they have GPS trackers in them. Well, yeah, and any picture you go- you take is gonna have that geo ge- that geo data. So so she's breaking the rules. We've we've established our first person who's uh, ba- we're basically wonking this shit. Yeah. They're, each person's going to break the rules at some point. Oh, you're going to get punished for doing whatever. Yeah. But once they start getting high, yeah, James has like one puff of the weed, falls over, uh, is fully paralyzed, and when asked questions, only responds in, in tones and sounds. Yes. And when Tim gets up and is like, hey, in a past life, uh, I was Jim Morrison, and he starts dancing around, and Martha takes this opportunity to go over to James and be like, hey, James, you know, Tim hasn't been into me. All he does is sit around and jerk off to Asian fairy porn. Asian fairy porn, porn, which I thought was going to be much worse than it turned out to be. Yeah, and then a literal, you know, Asian Asian woman with fairy wings shows up. Yeah, Uh, the day player stripper they must have hired for just that one shot. Uh, She just sort of dances around in in, uh, pretty frou-frou lingerie. I gotta say that that emerald green is not not looking great. Um, And yeah, she's just like, hey, do you think I'm pretty? And his response is like, and she's like, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. But it doesn't matter because you're probably also just into Asian fairy porn. All men are into Asian fairy porn. And I was like, I got to hear more details first. I can't commit to agreeing with that. It's so weird. What if it's isekai shit? I'm not into it. Oh, the... 
Yeah. I was like, I don't get it. If you had said he's into like hentai or something. I think it was just because a stripper with some fake ass fairy costume wings was what they could afford. So they had to say Asian fairy porn because otherwise, yeah, there are a lot of very well recognized porn forms you could have described. Yep. What if she had just said he just sits around jerking off to celebrity feet? You know, that would have been fine. Then you could literally just have the Google image results for, like, Charlie's Theron feet, like, hovering two feet off the ground. <laughs> and he's, like, looking at that, slowly moving around. Yeah, he gets high and then looks out into the woods and sees a browser window slowly yeah, floating exactly. around. exactly. Full browser window with just Char- with pictures of feet that we're led to believe are Charlie's Theron's. <laughs> Uh, it would have been funnier. It would have been cheaper. <laughs> but we're not trying to be funny, and that's the problem with this film. Well, we are still trying to be cheap, so... <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, eventually, the high comes down enough that he is no longer paralyzed. James sits up, and then... He hears a noise. Ranger Dave shows up. Sure, that's fair. We can do that, because there's a point where he flips out and goes all marine because he hears crackling through the bushes and he's like what was that what the fuck was that did you guys hear that there was a noise i heard a noise and like dude calm down you gotta you gotta relax yeah don't which, tell me to relax which is also going to be a thing in this where he constantly has a knife out yeah and i'm just like man put that the fuck away what are you doing running around with a knife we do also establish that sure enough tim really does have a weed problem because the only food he brought with him was was uh edibles he uh, homemade Edible edible granola. granola yeah um, so he's really got a problem going, but, but yeah, Ranger Dave, Ranger Dave shows up and he supposed to be an unsettling, creepy figure in the film, but mostly he's just sort of like comic relief in a movie that already had basically the setup for everyone being comic relief, but mm-hmm. he just shows up and he's like, Oh, if this was a different movie, I would be very threatening and weird, but instead I'm just sort of oddly friendly and like hey you guys smoking weed that's fine it's legal yeah that was the thing there's a whole setup where he comes up and he's like you know they're right you can't you guys are so, or uh, us people us mountain folk can hear you hear you city folk from 40 miles away making so much noise out here with your fire and camping in the woods and he's like being very menacing and stalking around while the fire's happening and then at one point he finally breaks and he goes so you're smoking a little weed are you and shamefacedly uh, Tim hands up a joint and he's like, you caught us. And he's just like, yep, that sure is weed. Takes Nothing. a big old drag off it. And he's like, it's perfectly legal. Nothing I can do about it. It's legal. <laughs> yeah. You guys can smoke this as much as you want. In fact, may I join you? And then he just hangs out for a bit. And again, in a better movie, you would have... He'd, there'd be a quiet menace here. There would be a level of menace to it. But the person they have playing Dave is just so goddamn friendly yeah. that you're like, oh, there's nothing here. He just seems like a nice guy. Yeah, and plus, between the uh, Marine having PTSD, I think I see terrorists in the weed flashbacks, uh, M- Martha just going, uh, I want to fuck men who's hot. You're hot. That's her whole bit. And James being like, or Tim being like, I'm high. I think I'm Jim Morrison. Look at me dance. I'm in the who. You're just like, this is so fucking... This is all cringe. And then they come up and he's like, I'm Ranger Dave and I'm out here. And he says like some little rhyming couplet. It's like, um, I, I, I forget. It he's, goes evergreen he's, crimes. Well, yeah, he's out here on the trails with the snakes and snails, mm-hmm. uh, looking through looking, something for evergreen crime. Yeah. Spending my time watching for evergreen crimes. Yeah. 
Um, and, and then they're just like, well, have you ever seen anything interesting out here? And he goes, well, I saw a moose fuck a bear. <laughs> and you're like, this is exactly the same shit. It's just a high guy saying dumb shit. And they're like, I'm sorry, you saw what? And he's like, I saw a moose fuck a bear. Weirdest thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, honestly, this is the funniest thing you're going to find in this movie is this guy's delivery of that. And again, I'm like, you could have done anything else and had this be slightly menacing and made this a horror movie. But instead, it's just dumb horse shit. What always gets me with movies like this is that they don't just go ahead and make them about shrooms or something. They want visual and auditory hallucinations. They want full loss of self-control. And they always go, weed does that, right? Sure. That's a thing we can do. People know what a weed is. Yeah. Um, I mean, granted, I, I think weed is only legal or mushrooms are legal in Washington State now. I don't know. I don't believe they were at the time. So you couldn't have done it there. Um, anyway, he hangs out with them, tells them a bunch of shit. He starts setting up the more supernatural elements that so far have only really been hinted at. By when some of them are smoking, they'll see flashes of light of light and like orbs and shit in the sky. And he'll be like, yep, we are, of course, being watched, you know, by them. Great. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And, and by them, I'm just going to fucking let's put the shit on the table here. There are there are gray aliens in this movie. One. And it's because they have one CGI shot of a gray alien or maybe it's a mask. I think no, it's, it's a just mask. a guy in a costume. It's a mask, but. They can only have him turn his head slightly to the right. That's yeah. the only move he does. They also have one alien glove that they will use to grab people from off screen. Yes. We can get essentially a bust level shot of an alien. Uh-huh. And we can get a shot of an alien hand, and that is it. That's it. Now, there's more than one in the narrative, of course. Yes. You can only ever show one. Yeah. Uh, But the entire idea is... God, by the time we get into it, because most of this middle bit is entirely skippable because it's all just, you know, James has PTSD, the movie. Yeah. And it is the lowest level of like, ah, he he sees the same terrorist that he was shooting at in Afghanistan. And then he, he shoots them with a gun that he finds. But oh, no, he hears a noise and shoots his friends. Yeah. And then it was all a drug trip, and he actually is holding a stick. Uh-huh. And when he shoots his friends, they're dead on the ground, and Ranger Dave shows back up, and he's just like, yep, we had to kill him. Because by that point in the movie, we have established that uh, that this all happens after they, they get freaked out by something else. And the first night, when they try to go to bed in the in the woods, James hears noises, wakes up, runs out of his tent, and disappears into the forest. And then uh, Ted and, and Marsha wake up, and they are out of their tent and out in the middle of a f- like a field. Just well, on James the has guy. that entire thing before we ever get them waking up. Yeah, yeah, because James has the There's I run around, have the dr- the drug trip, uh, act, think I kill my friends, and then he wakes up, and uh, Tim and Martha are gone because they just wake up out in the woods somewhere. Yeah, all, with their full tarp out beneath them and still in their sleeping bag. But not in their tent. Yeah. And they both just kind of go, we must have been so high we did this. Um, so that's... But now Martha's grumpy about it. Everyone's freaking out a little bit. So they decide it's time to fucking leave. And that's when we find out Tim took a bunch of fucking clippings. Because he's like, well, I got to make clones of this for myself. Yeah. All right. So he's just like, well, I'm obviously going to break the most important of the rules. Duh. He says with like an air of like, what the fuck are you talking about? How did you not anticipate me doing this? Yeah. Which, as well, I'm like, no, I get it. It's weird that you would, if you were like, oh, we've got weed that 
grows out in the forest and no one is allowed to take it from where it is, that you would just go, yeah, you can head out there. <laughs> yeah. Do it yourself. I assume you won't take any with you. Yeah, well, you got to follow the rules. Um, so at this point, they they establish that's established after they ha- they uh, start driving away. There is a part where uh, Jay or Ted calls out Mar- Tim calls out Martha for having her phone turned on and taking a bunch of selfies because she's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? I don't want to be out here anymore. I just want to leave." And he's like, "Uh huh. Like you're so innocent or whatever. I've seen you look looking at uh, at James all these times. Let me see your phone." And then she he grabs. Well, yeah, that's after we find out the clippings because he's like. They you're are not at, so innocent. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, you broke the rules too, because they think that instead of it being aliens coming after them, it's like you know, fucking guardrail or whatever. Right. Uh, and it, it's fucking confusing. But basically, the three of them get in the car and start driving. Uh, they almost run over a woman in animal skins with a wolf mask over yeah, her just face, just a full wolf pelt on. Which literally, the instant you see her, you're like, oh, that's Martha. Yeah, that, that's a that's a drug trip version of Martha. You, you can't see her face. It's fully obscured and she's they're not showing a lot of the character. But you're like, ah, another younger woman character. This movie doesn't have time to introduce a new one. That's they have Martha. The exact same build as Martha. Yeah. And she runs off. We have a whole thing. where like, basically, they just run around in the forest and have drug trip shit. Yeah, they all so, they all do drug trip shit at this point. Like he dreams a, of killing his friends again, but this time Ranger Dave shows up with a gun. Is like, I caught you, son, and uh, let me just. You looks like you killed your friends, and he's like, I, uh, I, what the fuck, what the fuck? And he goes, well, let's just make sure they're dead because they deserve to be because they both broke the rules. And so we get a whole bit of him like poking the bodies. He'd be like, yep, these are dead bodies. They deserve to be dead, though. <laughs> we like you, James. We're not going to blame you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim gets his own section where basically he runs around and then gets sucked into one of the weird knobbly trees. He's the one who pointed out that they looked like they had bodies sucked, stuck in them anyway. So obviously, yeah, Martha, meanwhile, gets chased by gray aliens, rescued by beast, f- beast mode, Martha. Yeah. And then has a, uh, a, mo- a twilight zone moment where beast mode, Martha takes her into a cave. She finds all of her person shit that she left elsewhere in the woods earlier. And is like, how do you have my shit? What happened? Why do you have my stuff? And I'm like. Well, the movie made a big point of her leaving it in the woods earlier. There was a yeah. dramatic shot of that. So I'm it's like, it's not like, oh, you had this with you and now she has it. It was dropped in the woods. I assume she would have just scavenged it, which is really weird, given that we're about to do a the reason she has your stuff is because she's you. We're like, but why would you establish that she dropped her stuff earlier then? Like, yeah. you can't do both. It's but weird. The, so she when she's like, why do you have my fucking stuff? What's going on? The the. The beast mode Martha turns around and she lifts up her her, uh, her mask and is like, oh, it's another me. And then she screams, runs outside, and is captured by gray aliens. Yeah. That is when eventually James run a- runs across them in the woods, strapped to a couple of trees. And Ranger, Dave's Ranger Dave is like, hey, you know, weed something something and it opens a portal of the mind and you can have but it's revelations a it's a doorway can't go through you you have to step through the doorway yeah just a bunch of dumb horse shit and then it's like hey these two they fucked up but you can still do whatever but you might have to kill them in order for you to step through and hands him a gun and then he's like well what if i shoot you you know or, or what if i shoot myself yeah well, did we miss the part where Guardrail shows up in the woods and talks to James for a yes, minute? Yes, James's trip while Tim and Martha are doing theirs is he meets Guardrail, who then Shoots. says a Jewish nu- nursery rhyme while shooting 
like psychic waves of energy that explode at aliens. Now the alien, they can't show them. So they're, they're either the two things we mentioned earlier or a blur running away really fast from behind rocks, you know, or someone just shaking a bush. Yeah. So, so he's shooting psychic waves at them, which are just post process visual effects on a, on a uh, still frame of the, from the movie. And then they blow up, they, they set off a firecracker near a tree. That's each time they do like five times. And, fi- and James is like, what the fuck was any of that? And he goes, what, that? That's just a Jewish nursery rhyme, I know. It scares him pretty good, though. <laughs> yeah. So yes. just pointing that out there, that he's also like, you guys all broke the rules, man. You, you weren't supposed to. I'll, you- I'll let it go for you because you weren't trying to. Yeah, because he had and a little you- camera on him. Yeah, he has a little camera where he does <sighs> basically a small snippet of Blair Witch shit, which he then immediately calls out as being stupid, dumb, horror movie bullshit. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, if you're going to do the trope, don't just go, anyway, doing this trope is stupid, but I'm doing it. Yeah. But yeah, eventually he gets cornered by Ranger Dave. They're in a grotto. There's the, His two friends are tied to trees by vines, and he's like, you got to shoot them. I'm going to shoot them if you don't. So would you like to shoot your friends so that they die faster? You want to go ahead and do it? And Tim, or James, in response, threatens him a whole lot and then shoots himself which starts a little trippy sequence, which looks exactly like the opening of Space Ghost Coast to Coast. <laughs> I don't know if you see, but I know that's really old for refer- as far as references go. It's like 20 years old or whatever, but like it, you're flying through an asteroid field and they're bouncing off each other and it looks really cheap and bad. It looks exactly like the intro to Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Like I was humming the theme song. <laughs> but it's the, the instant it started, I was like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah. And then he wakes up in the back of the car and they're just arriving at the fucking weed house where Guardrail lives. Yeah. Now, the reason this is the point where I think that those dumb symbols do something. There's a point where he's like, what the fuck does a symbol mean? And he's told that's the that's the gateway. That's what it looks like. It's a portal. But you have to be the person to choose. You have to open it, the door, and step through it. Weed opens a gateway and you have to choose to go through it. But there are things on the other side and the aliens are beings from another place that try and get your emotions or whatever and i'm just like all right sure whatever you don't have enough time to explain this you aren't interested in it and also none of it makes sense or matters yeah but i think there's a shot right in the middle of all this drug this trippy asteroid travel shit where you see that image and it does the dramatic shift again i was like oh okay so that thing's connected somehow it's part of the portal transfer or whatever but it's never explained no um but yeah he ends up in the car they he's time jumped back to right before they bought the map to the weed from from guardrail in the first place yeah his him shooting himself in the head apparently teleported him back to now mm-hmm. and when they show up now he's just like no we shouldn't do this he, let's leave he, he instantly fixes ted's ptsd or tim's ptsd yeah because they out get out he throws his drugs away for his ptsd And he's just like, Tim, I forgive you, and it wasn't your fault. You told me to take the shot, and that was the right thing. Shut up, man. It's not your fault. No, just shut up. It's not your fault. (laughs) Why does it have to be so hard? No, I'm sorry. Let's do this. Why don't my dad fucking want me, man? (laughs) Uh, How come there are... There should at least been one good Robin Williams and Will Smith movie, right? Should have been. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, they have the whole conversation because this is where I again, this whole movie, I did not think Tim was the one next to him there. But apparently Tim is the one who was telling him to take the shot. Yes. And he's like, I have the PTSD because I shot the kid. You have it because you told me to. I don't blame you. You are doing what, the, what you should have done because you're in the military. You are not at fault. 
you and I are friends, and this didn't affect that. Yeah, and Ranger Dave even has a thing when they're having their little drug trip thing where he's like, what if I told you that by killing that kid, you saved 14 innocent Afghanistan civilians because he would have gone on to use a suicide bomb and blow them up. Does that alleviate your PTSD? No, it just means you just told me, what if the trolley problem? Yeah. <laughs> what if my murder stopped other murders? Well, I still murdered someone. Yeah. That's not helping. Yeah. But apparently, if you're high, it does. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, as soon as he forgives Tim, Tim's like, oh, well, now I don't need weed anymore because you have solved my problem. Mm-hmm. Let's go surfing. Yeah. And they Ranger Dave shows up out of nowhere and walks up and he's like, oh, wait, hold on. I'm a POC, so I've got a thing I do when cops... And, but he doesn't. He has a whole bit where he's like, okay, everybody, I've got a whole bit that I do when cops see me. So, so uh, is it... Oh, I've w- got a plan. And then all me. it is is, hey, is there is there a problem, officer? And you're like, that wasn't a plan. Yeah. And uh, what are you doing here? Oh, uh, we're, we're leaving. We're not supposed to be here. Uh, I find you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Because eh? he's like supposed to still be trying to be menacing, but he just isn't. And uh, they're like, no, we have no interest in buying weed. I don't care if it's legal. Goodbye. Thank you very much for going. And then Dave looks back at Guardrail and is like, I think those kids are going to make it. Yeah. Picks up the uh, pills that James dropped and he's like, ah, he's finally understood that he doesn't need them. And I'm like, fuck you, movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's some some fucking anti-medicine horse shit. Oh, if you just come to terms with your thing and assume that everything you did was fine and smoke some weed, everything will be great. You don't have to have PTSD anymore. If you do have PTSD, it's because you're too weak to do the real work. Yeah. And then we, uh, we cut Thanks, to them. movie. Yeah, exactly. What the fuck, right? Ugh. And then they, they're on the beach. I'm used to that medicine shit being from like Neil Breen movies. Yeah. I don't need these. Uh, I'm not going to take these I'm anymore. I'm too strong to have weed and medicine anymore. Mm-hmm. I have the strength of will. <laughs> but this is just like, ah, oh, you should have weed instead of uh, other drugs. And not special alien weed either, but regular weed that you don't have to deal get a devil's contract to get. <laughs> you should have regular weed from, weed from ohanafarms.com. Ohana Farms, selling the finest weed. Again, let me point out, this is what I was saying in the, in the pre-spoiler review section. The, the, the end of the movie is the three characters realizing they don't need weed to have a good time, and then they go surfing. Yeah, they're just like, ah, this is the high that I came here for. Mm-hmm. Which even then, James is like, yeah, but you also are high right now. And he's like, yeah, but this is the high I came here for. <laughs> yeah, I'm high on Ohana Farms brand vape fluids. <laughs> just, I kept waiting for one of them to just turn to camera with a labeled bag of weed and be like, ah, finally, legal and available. <laughs> just Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Sticky. Icky. Different. <laughs> Uh, oh and then he pointed out that the waves are shitty and i'm like yeah duh you're in fucking washington what are you doing yeah man go somewhere good for waves (laughs) uh and that's basically the end of the movie except there is a post credit scene Mm. where it's just fucking uh wolf pelt martha still wandering around and ranger dave being like oh i see you're still out here and i'm like she ought to be because they didn't solve her problems i was like wait hold on are you trying to say that this is a different dimension like 
James's consciousness traveled through a portal and went into a different dimensions, James. Mm -hmm. And so now he's like quantum leaped himself into another reality. But in the other reality, Martha did go beast mode. And you're like, I don't, you weren't good enough to do this. So I think they were, if I may, if I might put on my, my, my filmmaker's cap for a moment, Uh I think that they were actualizing their problems via the magic quantities of that, that grove they were in. And she, because she is entirely a creature of her id and lives lives in the moment and will just try and sleep with any man she can see when she's not around her husband and her boyfriend or whatever, and uh, also can't resist turning on her phone to take photos of herself and so on, is also a person who has strong psychological issues. Just oh, like, yeah. Just like... Uh, I mean, both uh, of them have PTSD, but she very clearly has extreme body issues. Narcissism, she wants to know, yeah. like... Tell me that I am hot. She yeah. wants to be reassured that she is good looking. She likes to think that she looks like Kristen Stewart. Mm-hmm. Like she has definitely some issues around her self image. And so she has actualized that into a beast mode version of herself, which is even more purely driven entirely by need and not by rational higher thought, which is wandering around in the wilderness with a wolf pelt on her face. And then at the end of the movie, they solve Tim's problem. They pop up and are like, Tim. It's not your fault, man. It's not your fault. And he's like, thank you. I don't need weed. You're right. Now let's all drive to La Push. And meanwhile, she's in the back like, but I still am, I, I'm still conflicted on as to which one of you I'd like to fuck. And I'm, also, I'm still I, all fucked up on body image. Body, I have body image issues, and I still need to go to Forks to have someone tell me I look kind of like Kristen Stewart. And they're like, ah, no, pro- no, no, no talking. Men's <laughs> problems have been solved. The men are finished. We're good. <laughs> you can finish yourself off with whatever that thing is in your drawer. <laughs> I'm sleepy. <laughs> roll it. Just, they just both roll over. <laughs> so sure, that makes perfect sense as a post-credit ending, as an acknowledgement that they didn't do shit for her problems, but acknowledge that she had some. Ugh. So annoying. <laughs> anyway, that's... That is the movie. That's fucking Starleaf. Mm-hmm. God, let's... Let's get into the bests and worsts, I guess. Jeff, what is the best part of Starleaf? The post-credit sequence making a valid point. I didn't even see the post-credit sequence. I turned this shit off. Now I've heard about it, and I'm like, fuck, that makes perfect sense. They didn't solve her problems. She's still got them. (laughs) She's still out there somewhere to this day. Even though the other two solved their problems through bullshit. Yep. You know, like oh, all all, all t- Tim needed to not be deeply in, in his PTSD uh, woeful state where he's trying to self medicate constantly was to be forgiven, and yes. now he's fine. And all all James needed to do was throw away the medicine some doctor in a lab coat gave him. I don't need that. I've decided that what I did was fine, and I have no regrets about murder. Yeah. But they didn't solve her problem in the slightest, and at least the end of the movie kind of half-assedly acknowledges that, I'm sure entirely on accident. Oh, I'm I'm 1,000% certain that is not why that was there. Yeah, but it certainly makes sense and helps make the movie more functional, even if that's not what they wanted. So that's my favorite. What about you? Uh, God, I think probably the best thing in this is... I mean, I said it before. Tim, the actor, uh, Tyler Therese, mm-hmm. is... Likeable actor. Is fine. He does a good job. Same thing, honestly, with the guy who is uh, guardrail slaughter. Sure. He's fine. Like, he, they want him to just be Chong, but in the moments where he's just hanging out, you're like, oh, you're still fine. You're likable. He's got an edge to him that I appreciate it, because he's supposed to be like a biker. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm a retired biker that just does weed stuff now. Fine. Yeah. And... It felt like 
the cast that they had here for the most part minus james minus james was like oh you could have made an okay movie like it's it's not like when i watch some of these bad films and people are delivering lines with like my gosh i can't believe that you've done this how could you and you're like why are you in front of a camera? Yeah, like I said, this is from that weird strata of movies that where everyone can kind of act, and, and yet. The, the cinematography and camera work is fine, but it's still a terrible movie, and you've still never heard of it. Yeah. And so, I think my favorite thing in this is that at least it wasn't painful for seeing them. I'm like, you at least have an amount of charisma. You can be on film. I don't hate seeing you. Yeah. And, that uh, being said, the worst thing in this film. I, I mean, yeah, you're, I, I, I'm, I was probably going to go with something like the bullshit horror effects and the lack of any kind of actual scares or anything like that. Yep. But I'm sure that's just leaving open the fact that James is a terrible performance for you. Well, James, awful, and also just... <sighs> Doesn't even look like a Marine. He looks I, like he's one sandwich away from being kicked out. <laughs> and and uh, the the main issue I have for a lot of movies is... If you're going to give me a film where no one is likable, where I don't have a character that I'm like, I'm rooting for this person because this movie goes out of its way to make me not want to root for anyone. Yeah. But then at the end is like, ah, but they're good guys and we should honor them and their service. And you're like, what? No, fuck you. I mean, yeah, the message, the overall message of the movie definitely overrides the bad acting from James. And especially in a horror movie, that's the one genre where like, oh, you can get away with having a group of people that you don't root for because you're going to kill them. And then the movie doesn't. And you're like, God damn it. You didn't even deliver on the fucking genre. And all the scares are nothing. Like, there's only a couple of them anyway. There's a couple scenes of, of uh, basically our characters getting... The, the closest thing to a real scare in the movie is when... Beast Martha comes out of the woods and jumps on the hood of their car because it's done in a shock for uh, uh, scary jump scare moment. It's the closest thing to a scare there is. When Martha gets grabbed by the gray aliens, it literally looks like someone put a fake alien arm on her head. Yeah. And when all of it just looks so cheap that when you do see the aliens, you're like, all right. And when Tim gets sucked into a tree, it's the worst special effects you've ever seen. It's like a CGI melt effect. Yeah. It's so bad. And. The the scene where he, in his drug trip, shoots Tim and Martha, the blood is all, like, CGI after effect. Yeah. Like, they do one close-up where they very clearly did not even have fake blood. It just looks like ketchup. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, and then when they pull back and do the shot, it's clearly just a graphic overlay of a blood splatter. Yeah, so it, and- it looks very bad. But yeah, the fact that the movie basically just says, like, smoke some weed and throw your PTSD medication away as the premise of the thing. It's bad. It's a bad movie with a bad idea, and nobody is good, nobody gets comeuppance, and everything sucks. Yeah, so um, there you go. And now we'll rate the movie, where we will give it between a 0 and 5 each for a total rating of 10. Or out of 10. Out of 10. Well, no matter what, even if we both rated a one, it's ten. <laughs> Jeff, what would you rate 2015's horror weed movie Starleaf? One and one half. 
great. It's uh, Normally this would have been a one for me because it's just shitty, but I do want to call attention to the fact that this is competently directed, that the actors are slightly better than the, what we run into a lot of the time in other things. Uh-huh. Um, there's... Oh, there's music, there's there's camera work, they do zooms and tracking shots, and they have got dollies, and they do rotating. They were playing around with their cameras. Yeah. <laughs> they took the money that they got from the various uh, different things they have and went, sure, we'll actually put this in the movie. Yeah. And everyone always sounded right. The, the sound balance was was good. Yeah. It, there was never a shot where you could hear, like, the whir sound of the, of the camcorder they were shooting with because they forgot to mic people that day. Ah. Uh. So, one and a half. That's, but only because I've been to much deeper depths. Yes. What about you? I mean, I'm probably going to give it a one and a half, although I'm coming at it from sort of the other way, where I'm like... It's bad. It's it's a It might have been a two because of all those things. Because it's not hard to watch, because it sounds shitty or looks shitty or any of that, because it's competently enough made, I'm like... Two is basically the level where I go, oh, this movie sucks, but you can watch it. Yeah. It goes down to a 1.5 because the messaging is awful yeah. and it's just sort of shitty all around for being in the genre. Mm-hmm. So that drops it down to a 1.5 for me. And three out of 10 total. Don't go see this. It's it's just not good. I mean, if you are going to, at least it is only like 70 minutes long, so you're not going to be in for a long haul. No, but you're still going to hit points where you're like, I'm so cringingly embarrassed on behalf of the people saying all these, like, look at me, I'm Jim Morrison, we does this, uh, lines that you'll pause for a while. So Plus, it is one of those movies where once it gets into the, oh, trippy drug things are happening and we're running around the woods... If you look down at your phone for a minute and look back up, you're like, wait, what the fuck is happening anymore? I don't <laughs> yeah. know what's going on here because none of it follows or makes sense or has a plot. It just kind of sucks. Yeah. So there are yeah. multiple scenes where I looked away for a second and was like, because I was still, I don't know if you follow us on System Mastery as well, but I recently lost all of my documents from old System Mastery episodes right up to two or three that we had already recorded. Yeah. And I don't know what the fuck happened. They're just gone. And so I was sitting there idly trying to recover them with recovery tools and so on. Um, and I, I, I hear, what, what the fuck? I look up and I'm like, oh, God damn it. And then I had to back up by 30 seconds to see what happened and always be disappointed. Yes. So really bad. No, it's it's bad. It sucks. Don't watch it. But thank you for joining us for having watched this shit. Uh-huh. Uh, we love doing it. We love you want listening to us and if you like us and want to support the show and everything that we do you can go over to patreon.com slash system mastery and support us at any level helps out the show uh-huh means we get to keep doing what we're doing yep. we have a bunch of content that unlocks at all of the different levels yes we do and we are currently still going through our new season of TV Mastery, where we are looking at comic book adaptations of live action TV shows. Yeah. So so live action comic book adaptations throughout the history of television. That's right. We're going decade by decade, and we're in the swinging 70s now. Mm, yes, we are. And... Uh, we will be there for at least a couple episodes because mm-hmm. there is some stuff that happened in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, so why don't you come on down and check out what we're talking about right there on TV Mastery as well as, you know, just by 
buying in, you get access to the large library of content that we've made in the past. Yes. Um, including all the other seasons of TV Mastery, where you can check out our very special episodes where we looked at very special sitcoms of the 70s through the 2000s. Yeah, cartoons based on R-rated movies for yep. <laughs> that they put out for kids for and, some reason. And several just full examinations of whole TV shows, whether that be Smallville or Auto Man or the Flying, the Flying Nun. Nun or The Littlest Hobo. We've actually made a lot of TV Mastery. It's amazing how long it's been going already. Yep. So all that and more available at patreon.com slash system mastery. And of course, if you can't support us financially, that's understandable. As long as you can rate or review or just drive a box of supplements over to our garage. <laughs> just give me a big box of like coffee and gummies or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then I don't know. I'll give you a map to some very special content. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's star content. It'll just be the link to the Patreon. <laughs> now go find some money, we'll say. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us. We will be back in another couple weeks with some more Movie Mastery. And until then, you all have a good one.